you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 133. Well, hi guys. Welcome to this week's episode. I have a very special treat. I have mom and daughter, Rebecca and Madison, here with me who are kind enough to want to hop on and, and have a conversation and um, welcome, you guys. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. Okay, so Rebecca is a mom in my mastermind, and you've been here for, it'll be a year in October. Yep. And Rebecca has two daughters, Madison and Britton. And Madison, you're 14? Yeah, I'm going to be 14 in a week. 14 in a week. Happy early birthday. Yeah. Have you started ninth grade yet or you're about to? Um, I'm about to. High school. It's the big time. Yeah. I'm scared. <laughs> and Britain's starting second grade? First grade. She's in first grade. Okay. And um and she's six. Six? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, how do you feel about starting high school? I'm very nervous. I'm I'm just very nervous <laughs> all in all. So I really wanted you guys to come on really mostly because I think so many people will relate to your story. Um, Y'all to be perfectly honest, I wasn't sure Madison was going to hop on with me because I don't, I was, I was feeling like I probably wasn't her favorite person in the entire world because when her mom joined the mastermind, all of a sudden you know, you'd had things a certain way for 13 years. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden to have your mom, like it probably felt a little bit like the twilight zone. She was yeah. right. Like, like a whole new world. Yeah. Doing different things, saying different things. And you're old enough that you're onto her and you're like, who are you? And where's my mom? And that's not the way we do things around here. Like, for I don't first, know. Yeah. Tell for me. the first three months, I was like, who are you? <laughs> Why are you being so nice to me? <laughs> but didn't it sort of also make you like, like, it wasn't like you were like, Oh, why are you being so nice to me? This is great. Like you rebelled. I mean, would you say you rebelled? I was honestly pissed off. <laughs> you were right. Like, right. I was you like, I do not like the change. I want it to go back. Uh, I was just so used to things being my way for for as long as I can remember. Like when when she had Britain, it was just like the shock for me. I was 
I was very bossy, uh, rude. I mean, I still kind of am. Gotta, gotta no, you're not rude. You, <laughs> you, you feel like when your mom had, so you were seven when Britain was born? Yep. Okay, you were seven when Britain was born. And when Britain was born, you think that's when you shifted and you started to get bossy and kind of mm-hmm. rude? And now, now that you're almost 14 and your mom's been a mastermind for a while and it's not so brand new and it's getting a little more familiar. Why do you think at seven you were rude and bossy? I just, I was, I was a seven acre. Okay. So she was, she was following you around. You had a crying baby all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, so now if you can look back at seven year old you, like, what would you, what would you say to seven-year-old you? I would say, stop being a brat. <laughs> um, still, still do. <laughs> uh, but it could, we look at seven-year-old Let me ask you this. Can we look at seven-year-old you and understand that for seven years, you're a little kid. And for seven years, you had your mom and dad to yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know, a certain way that you did things. And your mom tells me that you were easy. Like your sister has been, was, was born strong-willed. Your sister was born with a different temperament, right? And there was more to figure out. She was more like my dad. <laughs> right. right. And so you were more like your mom. And, and in the first seven years, y'all had kind of an easy gig going. Like you, you did, you were just a pretty easy kid. And then, bam, baby comes along, and everything changes for your little seven-year-old self. You know, I teach parents that kids who are acting out, acting on the outside, like you just described yourself, rude, bratty, all the things, they're not doing that. They're not doing that just because. They're doing it for a reason. They're doing it to show us that this is, I'm feeling, I'm hurting on the inside. And my little seven-year-old self doesn't know how to tell you guys, I don't like all these changes. There's all of a sudden a lot of stress and chaos. It was so peaceful. Our family was working. Why did we have to change? This doesn't feel familiar to me anymore. And frankly, it feels a little chaotic, which makes me feel unsafe as a human inside. And I don't know how to express it to you guys because I'm only seven. So the way I'm going to express it is to act rude and dig in and be bratty and do all these things. But really, guys, what I'm wanting is I'm wanting the peace back. I'm wanting my family back. And everything feels like it has changed. So like... Now do you understand, like, I don't want you to carry any shame from seven-year-old you. Like, can we understand seven-year-old you's perspective? Yeah. yeah. Looking back, I was, I was just like, I could, I could understand what, what I meant, but I just couldn't, my little brain couldn't process it and like process it into words. Articulate. Yeah, articulate. Um, I just... 
crammed it in a little ball inside of me. Soon that ball grew and kept growing and just, it just led to just more critical things farther down in my life. Mm-hmm. And the anger just grew and the resentment just grew. And the, the, those feelings, because you didn't know how to get them out and you didn't know how to release it. And mom and dad didn't know how to help you release it. Didn't know how to, to, you know, be able to talk about these things. Cause I think it's just, look, this mastermind way, this is what I tell people all the time. It takes a minute to learn it because it's not the way we were conditioned. So we don't know how to do it differently. And so by the time your mom joined the mastermind, you know, your sister was born and you were already seven and you have, you know, when little babies are born, it's stressful even if you have an easy baby because there's a lot of crying and we're not used to that. And then you've got mom and dad who are now sleep deprived. Like that's like a form of torture. So when they're, you know, when they're sleep deprived and you're seven and you're used to them playing with you or having a lot of patience for you, um, and they're tired, you know, and they don't want to, like, it's very normal for a seven-year-old to, to feel angry and, um, and to have all that bottled up. And so then on top of it, you have a, a sister who mom mom thought it was going to be, she was going to have another you, you know, mom thought mom was probably a little cocky. Like I got, <laughs> right. Like I was, I, easy. I was an easy baby. Oh, you're right. right. I body trained like Like you were easy and mom was probably kind of cocky and she probably heard other moms talking about their difficult kids. And mom was like, yeah, it's not that hard. And yeah, then, and then mom gets thrown for a loop and, 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 and has, you know, but look, this is where I say, and I'm not going to discount the six years of you, you guys living with the anger and why did everything change so much? And I thought all babies were going to be as easy as Madison. And now we have, it's not going according to plan. It's not going according to plan. And I don't discount how difficult those years were. And I always tell everyone, if we didn't, if we weren't, if our families weren't blessed with a strong-willed child, we wouldn't come to this information like I teach in the mastermind, where we learn how to be a family that can talk about anything and everything. We learn how to... Um, deal with anxiety and understand what's going on in our bodies and, um, and just communicate in a different way. You know, we wouldn't learn these tools and these methods. You wouldn't have probably been such a mature, almost 14 year old who writes a freaking book about anxiety. I mean, let me just, let me just tell you. I to might go- write another one just about like story of my life. Cause I'm, I I hope that you, you don't stop writing because that's really why I invited you guys. Because I remember when your mom first joined the mastermind, I knew she was drawn to the messaging because she was like, Oh, I got one of these strong willed kids. But then she joined the mastermind and you were the one slamming doors and angry and, 
and really fighting against these, this new method in these new ways. And so fast forward to, you know, six months from then, and you're writing a book about anxiety. I mean, you too. I, I really think you guys are an example of what is possible. And I have so many parents who come to me and they're like, oh, I wish I would have found this information when my kids are little or my kids are now going to be teenagers. It's too late. It's too late. And I'm like, no, it's not too late. So I really want y'all to give people hope that it's a relatively short amount of time for you guys to have come this far. Really? I yeah. mean, it's, it, I would have never have thought that we'd be here. I, I, I remember those early calls with you just terrified and, and just not knowing how in the world uh, I can get this strong young woman who's got a mouth on her <laughs> is wrong that I, I can't, I can't just scoop up and put her in her room anymore. I can't just <laughs> say, stop talking. Um, you know, none of the, the old school methods were working. And, and when you um, were talking about, um, I know you call it the nice model now, but I can't remember what it was then. Um, but that nice framework and just listening and, and having empathy, that was the, that was the secret for a lot of it was just me duct taping and then just listening because I'm a fixer and I just wanted to fix it all and I couldn't fix it. And when you said I can fix it, but it's going to take these steps, it was really hard to see that it was possible. But obviously, you know, I'm here. <laughs> well, tell me, so Madison, I want to hear like in those first couple of months when your mom was learning some new methods and learning some new tools. Um, and you were like not having it. You I were. Not. <laughs> I was. Yeah. I thought somebody came. Some otherworldly creature came abducted my mom and shape shifted into another <laughs> another another Rebecca. And mm -hmm. I was like, hello. <laughs> I just it was not what I at the time felt what I just needed. Okay. So what do you, so she wasn't giving you what you needed. Um, what did you feel like you needed? I felt like I needed just to be alone all the time and just, and just, and just not be here in the mo like be in the moment. Like you want so you wanted to isolate, you wanted to be what, like in your room on your yeah. phone, um, yeah. engaging on social media or with your friends. Yeah. Um, like, and so, uh, when she, like, what made you just the most pissed? Like, what was she, what was she trying to do that you were like really digging in about? Check in on me. I was like, get out of my room. <laughs> Okay, so she would say, get out, get out, get out. She would, and, and I would ask you, how in the world can I um, just, I think it, you were telling us we had to come in with some pack leadership and say, just so you know, I 
want you to come to me. I want you to talk to me. When you are ready, we will talk about this. Just trying to say anything to let her know and realize that I'm on your side and I'm here when you're ready. And I remember she would just shut me out, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. And I couldn't even speak over her to get, get that message across. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those were, those were those, those harder days. And I can't remember what eventually worked. I think it was just, wait, don't gloss over those yet. Oh, okay. Okay. So the card days, you start learning these tools and you're like, I need to get in there and have a productive conversation. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things, Madison, just so you know, that me and your mom worked on early on was just like how I just helped you understand the perspective of seven-year-old you. You weren't a brat. You weren't a rude brat. Your behavior maybe can be classified that way, but to classify a child that is acting out on the outside the way they feel on the inside and just label them as a rude brat is actually not getting to the root of the behavior. And, and we can only solve a problem when we get to the root of the behavior. Like, why? What is your perspective? Oh, well, you were seven. And your whole world was rocked. And not only was your whole world rocked, everything changed. And you were given a strong-willed sister on top of it. And so you sort of have a right to be pissed and frustrated and all the things, right? And so, you know, one of the things I was helping your mom with early on, and I think why she was so excited to have those productive conversations with you was, you know, she's, she's pissed, you know, she shut down and and I was basically saying about you, she has had to deal with strong-willed behavior from a sibling and you guys not knowing how to navigate that, um, for a lot of years now. And at this point, she doesn't believe y'all. She doesn't trust you. And you've got to earn her trust back. And the way we earn trust back is through having these productive conversations, through her being able to come and say to you, I am sorry. We didn't know what we didn't know. And you've been beating your head against the wall for the last six years. And I get it if you don't want to hang around with me right now and you just want to isolate and be in your room, but I'm committed to earning your trust back. I'm committed to learning tools to do it differently. You deserve a family that isn't living in tension and yelling and all the things that we you've been living with for the last six years. And we are going to figure this out and fix it and solve it. And so we worked on that a lot and so I think, you know, your mom, who is a little action taker, that's why she's, y'all have had, I think, such big results, is your mom was like, must have productive conversation, must have it immediately. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was not the time. Because not you know, the time in the because, moment. Because Madison, you know what? She needed time. She, you needed space. You needed to come to it. Um, and so that get out, get out, get out was, yeah, you can't just say one, one thing one time or two times or three times and think that I'm all of a sudden going to trust you. Like, like, let's give it a minute. And so I think it's very normal that you were, you were continuing to shut her out and shut her out and shut her out. So you would say you were depressed during that time when you were wanting to just isolate in your room, get out, get out, get out, taking part in a little bit of risky teenage behavior. Um, Mm -hmm. 
did you like, tell me, like, did you know you were depressed when you were going through that or just now looking back? I like my friends would tell me, Madison, I think, I think that you're depressed. I think that you need to get some help. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not depressed. I don't want to be depressed. I'm not like, I just kept refusing, but I like, there was part of me like deep down in my soul. I knew that I was depressed in some way, shape or form. I just didn't want to admit it. You didn't want to admit it. And so what was your way of managing that depression? Um, I, I'm an artist. So a lot of times I drew, um, I, I drew. (laughs) Okay. So you drew, that was your outlet. And And, and I talked to my dog. (laughs) So you talked to your dog, you drew, and do you remember like, what were the thoughts that were going through your head when you were going through that period? Yeah. I, I was saying, I don't need to be alive. Um, I was cutting myself. Um, I kept telling myself, it's just easier if you're not here. I'm sorry. Come a long way. You have come such a long way. Did you just, did you feel, was it that you were lonely? Was it that you felt alone? I was, I felt very, very lonely. Do you feel like when you were going through that period of such deep loneliness that you were even going to those thoughts of maybe the world would be better without me, which please tell me that those, that, that period is done because. Yeah. Okay. This is probably the first time I've cried in weeks. (laughs) Well, crying, I think crying is a beautiful thing. Crying is a hot track to the truth. So I'm all about crying. I'm like, like, crying's good. Crying's good. Crying means that we're sharing truth and honesty and it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, But you're so amazing that I'm just like sitting here looking at you going, you're an artist. You've written a book. You, um, I mean, I can just tell you're just so beautiful inside and out. I'm like, please tell me you have your whole world ahead of you. Like, yeah, I have, I have high school planned out. I have college planned out. I have my career planned out. I'm I'm just rolling. (laughs) You are rolling. I mean, and your smile is just like, I mean, it's contagious. (laughs) Like, tell me, so when you were going through, when you were in that darkness, and you would have, like, what could your, what could you have heard? Would it have been helpful to hear that, I don't know, like, you know, would it have been helpful for you to hear from somebody like another teenager, um, I was where you are. I felt just like you. I totally get it. Would that have been like, would that have felt like a life raft for you at that time? I don't know. Tell me. It would. It would really. Like, when an adult says it, I would be like, they're just trying to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. But when, like, somebody who has went through it recently, a teenager who is going through this or went through it, uh, says that to me, I would, I would think about it for a while. And it would make me feel 
better. Mm-hmm. And make me feel, yeah, make me feel not so lonely. Um, but then at the time, it would only last for like a day or two, mm-hmm. um, if I'm lucky. Um, but if I were to have that low depressive stage right now, uh, with all the um, all of what you've taught my mom and how we have both grown uh, mentally um, and emotionally together. Um, I would have, it would have definitely helped me snap, snap out of that phase. Cause you get your own mail. You, you get upset. I, I, every now and then, like, like once or twice every upset. like three months. Well, you're human and that happens. And you're a hormonal teenager. Like it's supposed <laughs> to happen. Right. My um, therapist called them hormones. So <laughs> horror, like horror movies, hormones. And and did you and so are you still talking with your therapist? No. No. I'm not. Did she was she able to help support you when you were going through those dark times? Yeah, I, I had somebody to talk to. And it was just nice to has somebody to talk to who didn't say, well, I and like compared and I know I'm not, I know I don't have the worst life ever, but I know, I also know I don't have the best life ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't like people comparing me to them or them to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The, ther- the therapist got me that she was there. She was, she actually listened she listened to all my problems without judgment. Mm. Mm. That's so beautiful. I mean, just to have that outlet and yet it wasn't enough. Like it was a nice, it was a nice thing to have, but at the end of the day, you needed your mom to be able to learn how to truly listen and allow you to truly feel heard. Am I getting that right? Yeah. Like, what do you think made the shift where you started to trust your mom more and you guys started to grow more together and it's, and you, and it wasn't get out. It was more like, okay, I guess you can come in. Cause I'm sure it wasn't like, oh, mother, please. <laughs> you know, like, I'm sure it was like slow baby steps where it was probably like you just stopped kicking her out and maybe you just kind of allowed her to be there a little bit. How was your family and your mom, you know, and, or your dad, how were they able to support you during that time? They just, they were just there. I was, I was able to talk to them. Um, and this is when I really opened up to my mom. I was like, it was just, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> mm-hmm. this is what I describe it. I just couldn't hold the ball of anger, depression, sadness, anxiety. I just couldn't hold it in anymore. I I had to just let it out. And what made you trust your mom to be able to tell her these things? Just, it was like a childly instinct. Like Mm -hmm. I would go to my, I go to my mom. I feel like my world just got flipped upside down. And I was, I was just do you think you had more trust in me versus? I, I don't know, Mom. I'm trying to describe it as much as I can. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I 
don't I don't really know. I'm just trying to make up big words. So I don't. Yes. <laughs> Do you feel like when you when you started telling your mom all these things, um, how did she respond? What did she do? She she came at me with open arms and was like, finally, my child. Because <laughs> it was just like I appeared out of the shadows. I'm just like, hello. <laughs> and, let her, and let her into what was really happening inside. Like you mm-hmm. really, you were willing, like you trusted her enough to say, if you're wondering why I'm so angry and why I've been like, this is what's really been going on with me. And now... I'm gonna let you know, you know, what I've been bottling up and keeping inside. Um, do you feel like, you know, mom, like maybe mom pre-mastermind, um, if you would have told her these things, would she have responded the same way she responded or would she have been like, what would she have done? Would she have called other parents? Like, would she have tried to fight the battles for you? Would she have invalidated you? Like, what would she have done differently then versus now? She would probably post it on Facebook oh. asking, asking for help. <laughs> <laughs> asking for help. Yes. Yeah. Post it on Facebook asking for help. So, so, so let me just let me just connect those dots. So pre-master my mom had less confidence and you would have and she would and you couldn't necessarily feel like she was your go-to person because chances are she would just go and try and find other resources to help mm-hmm. versus Rebecca, who's the mom now, and she just opened her arms and welcomed you in and welcomed you home and didn't need to go and, you know, try to find all the resources. She had the confidence to make you feel safe in this mm-hmm. moment where you were in letter in. Am I, am I putting words in your mouth or does that it sound? sums up everything. <laughs> it sums just, up everything. Just, yeah. I mean, and how did it feel for you to have like a confident mom who's like, I got you, my baby's back, come here, we're right here, I'm right here with you. Like, how did that feel? It felt very comforting. Like, Mm -hmm. I come to her for everything. (laughs) I come to her if I have a problem. I come to her if my anxiety is getting bad. I come to her if I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> I come. I actually, I don't go to her if I have a math problem. Um, <laughs> I think my kids would say the same thing about me. <laughs> I go to Google if I have a math problem. <laughs> so great, so great. And so, so tell me how. So your mom just wanted to share this book that you wrote about anxiety. Mm-hmm. Because she knew I would celebrate you and I would celebrate like, and I would be, you know, odd, frankly, odd by this level of growth. I mean, early on in the mastermind, when your mom was trying to figure all this stuff out, you know, she was worried about you and she was worried about you and here you know, your dad works nights and he's sleeping during the day a lot. And your mom, he's got two kids, you know, far apart in age at two very different stages. She's got a strong-willed little one. She's got a rebellious teenager. 
taking part in some things that are that are scary that you know that it's mom's fear when your kids start to be shut down and take part in risky behaviors and you can sense there's depression like this is sort of our biggest fear right so your mom had a lot on her plate and i remember in some of those early coaching calls and she would you know she literally was like whispering because she didn't want to wake your dad up and then she's like going outside away from you and your sister you know and she's like trying to get a minute to herself um and um and she was worried and you know she got i remember a call from the counselor one day who was worried about you at school maybe she needed to come pick you i don't know maybe it was a day where she had to come pick you up or something Mm -hmm. um like some pretty scary intense stuff and now fast forward oh madison just wrote a book about anxiety i thought you might appreciate it i'm like what the what like (laughs) What is happening? How did this happen? Like what, what made you write that book? How did you, how did you gain this much growth and clarity so quickly? I honestly read a book and then I, and then I looked at the, I just like skimmed over it and I looked at the end. It was like how, I can't remember what it said, but it was like how, like it was my anxiety survival kit. That's, that's what the title of the, uh, chapter was called and so I basically copied and pasted the questions and just answered them myself Mm. and I just it's from my anxiety handbook Mm. yeah and I just copied and pasted the questions and I put it into a powerpoint presentation and I was like that's my anxiety survival guide and I wrote down what what I would like people to do uh, just for like future reference and for people who know somebody who has anxiety or doesn't know anybody, but will probably come across because everybody has to come across somebody who has bad anxiety or anxiety in general, uh, just to like help them. If, if it, if they're having a nervous breakdown or if they're, if they're just exploding. <laughs> uh huh. And, and now when you start to feel that anxiety bubble up in your body, um, because look, it's, I say anxiety is the body's way of whispering to you and trying to send you messages and signals. Um, when you start to have anxiety, what do you, where do you, first of all, where do you mostly feel it in your body when you, when you notice it? My, my chest, like, I feel like somebody's just like, pressing down on my chest and just pressing all the air out of my lungs so I can't breathe mm-hmm. and you know, my hands my hands I do this mm-hmm. I I just I, I just in wiggle I wiggle um I tap my foot I bounce my knee I bounce my knee on like anything um like I'll be at school in the debt like it would feel like an earthquake's going on because mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the main anxiety um, place. Like, I would walk in, I walk into math class, and I would just at least three times a week, I would have a panic attack in that class. Um, and same with science. I I I didn't like the subject. I didn't like the teacher. Um, but I just kind of had to 
just relax. I had a good outlet. My band teacher, um, I loved her. I loved her very much. Makes me sad that I moved. Um, mm. And I just, she helped me a lot through my anxiety and just getting through the first semester and half <laughs> and a half of and just I'm, I'll, I'll give you a place to go she would feeling really anxious. yeah yeah she gave me a place to go when I was feeling very anxious and it was just like I could just spill out all my worries to her and mm. she she didn't she really didn't judge me she didn't judge me okay, at so all there's some themes there's some themes of you know it's like in our world where life can be so busy and we're all so connected to our technology me included um it's a lot, you know, it's a, there's a lot, there's a lot happening. And then we have this anxiety in our bodies, but what's the remedy? The remedy is a teacher that shows up for you without judgment and holds space and is a safe container of, I got you, you have a safe space, come to me, you know, that connection with another human, you know, that's, it's like right now, I think during the pandemic where we're spending so much time alone, even though we're also like for kids, we're connected virtually, but we're spending more time at home with our families than ever. There's this message, I think, where it's like, we got to get back to some of the, like, we got to find a balance between this tech, technological world and future. And we cannot forget that basic human connection, like you were in your school day feeling panic attacks because the anxiety was so big. You know, you noticed it in, uh, I don't know about your math teacher, but your science teacher, it was like when you were in a classroom and you didn't find the subject, you know, interesting. And it's one thing for a subject not to be interesting, but to have a teacher that you don't like, which to me just says it's an adult that doesn't, her, her space didn't feel safe to you emotionally. There was something, right? I mean, it just did not, his classroom just, I did not like the kids in there. I don't like kids in general. <laughs> um, I did not like the teacher. I did not like the classroom and in, in like in general. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, he's such a great teacher. He's one of my favorite teachers. And I'm just like, well, doesn't do I'm lonely. <laughs> You're lonely. You're not connected to the teacher. It doesn't feel like an emotionally safe space for you. You're not connecting with the kids. You're not connecting with the teacher. You're feeling isolated. You're feeling alone. And that's causing you to have all of this anxiety in your body. You're fidgety, you're moving, you're twitchy, you're feeling unsettled. And then you go to, you, you have your safe space, your band teacher, that band teacher welcomes you with open arms and non, no judgment to the point that there was so much emotional safety and love that you felt in that room that like now even thinking about that person, you miss them. You, you 
you know, it brings tears to you because there was a lot of, there was a lot of connection. There was a lot of love. And, um, and, you know, when you're in a place of feeling isolated and alone and not emotionally safe and I don't matter. And here's all these other kids in this classroom who feel connected to the teacher and they think he's so great. He's acting like I'm invisible and I don't matter. So I feel like I'm the other, the other one. I don't belong. So feels terrible and it feels lonely. And so your safe space is with somebody that you connect with. And then to be able to, you know, to be a kid and to go through that day, have go, you know, going back and forth between all of those emotions and then to come home, you know, that's why I am so passionate about what I do here because I'm like these kids and what they're dealing with out in the world and all of these feelings, we have got to be their soft place to land. Like we have got to receive you guys, just like your mom received you when you were finally felt safe enough to trust her. Mom, this is what I've been going through. This is what I've been bottling up inside. And mom, you trusted mom and mom had the confidence and what I call the pack leadership to let you know, Hey, little pack member, mama's here. I got you. Come on, bring it in. I got you. You're safe. That's what you needed to start to feel whole again. Am I getting this right? Yeah. I mean, shouldn't every kid get to have that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what if every kid got to have that? Like, don't you feel like with all that you've been through, all that you've been through, like one day far, far, far away in the future, when you're the mom, like, don't you already know what kind of mom you're going to aim to be? Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to be the mom that I want to adopt a kid. I don't, I don't want to give birth to a kid. Um, I don't blame you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because like, there's just, there's so many children out there who don't have parents and a loving family. And I just want to give them, the chance to have mm. a loving family. You want to be that band teacher, but like full time. I want to be the band teacher. Yes. Yeah. You're going to be the band teacher. You're going to be like, I got you. You come here. This house is safe. Mama's going to take care of you. It's okay. I didn't need to give birth to you. I'm still going to, I'm still going to make you feel safe. And I'm going to, I'm going to have a dog. And <laughs> And my adopted kid and my dog will get along. Yeah. It's going to be a happy, it's going to be a happy family and a happy, it's going to be a happy family. Well, you're amazing. And I am so happy that you were willing. I mean, I can't believe your courage and your bravery. Like my kids kind of will come, you know, they go in the mastermind and they talk to other kids and will take part. But like, they sort of feel like they have to, like it's the family. <laughs> um, so for you to be willing to come on and talk with me, I, I, I understand why you would want to adopt a child because you are a generous, loving, kind soul. You really are. And you're wise beyond your years. You really are. You are. I, I just, 
I feel, I feel like it's a privilege. And I tell my moms this when they, when they, when they still want to, you know, they come in and the first three months you have doors being slammed in your face and she, and mom's like, I just want to have a productive conversation. I'm never going to get better at this unless you let me practice. And the doors are slammed and the doors are slammed and it can be pretty defeating for moms. And I'm like, you guys just stick with it. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. So to get to like witness such a success story and just to feel the chemistry between the two of you, you guys, like it's inspiring. It feels like such a privilege to get to witness that. So I just appreciate y'all and I appreciate you guys doing this because it's, you know, it's amazing. If it's inspiring me, it's going to inspire a lot of other people too. You guys are awesome. Hi guys. If you have been listening to the podcast for a while, I have good news for you. We are enrolling. We do this twice a year into our private mastermind membership and you can read all about it and decide if it's right for you. If you've been listening for a while, you know how good the free stuff is. If the free stuff is this good, imagine how awesome the private membership is. We just take it further. We give you the accountability and support. Uh, Our mission is always to surprise, delight, and over-deliver the same way we do on this podcast, but we just go deeper and take it further and amazing transformations are happening in our mastermind. If you are feeling called that the time is now, you're right on time. Just go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash enroll. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash enroll. We'd love to have you.